Have you seen this Ghostbusters trailer? No, no, no not no. heard of it. Of course you haven't. Welcome to this, that, everything, and yet nothing. The airwaves, a cryptic concoction of conversation and um, coordination. I couldn't think of another word, so I went with coordination. Because we are coordinated here, today, and forever. Yeah, anyway, it's the airwaves. It's the show that talks about uh, media stuff. With me today, on on, on, on na- is it nas- it's National Book Day or some book something, isn't it, Alex? Alex World G. Fox. Books, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, thank you. I've seen lots of children's books today, so maybe. I was thinking confabulated because that's something to do with talking, isn't it? I guess so, yeah. Is it National Book Day? It I is. It's World, it's World Book Day. World it, book it was, day. Um, it was, yeah, lots of, lots of kids dressed up as Harry Potter on the way to work this morning. Um, I saw a few Iron Man pictures as well. It's like, it's like I don't remember. Well, I suppose you could argue a comic, but. Yeah, that's Tony Blunt. How are you doing, Tony? Uh, well, yeah, I'm I'm here. Excellent. <laughs> Good, to Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, World World Book Day. What was the last book that you read, Tone? Uh, probably rereading Train Spotting. Actually, rereading Train Spotting. Is it yeah. as, is it as depressing as the uh, as the film? Well, it's it takes takes the way it's written sort of takes your head, you know, getting your head around. Because it's written in that sort of, you know, as as Scottish speak, sort of, you know, very Glaswegian. It is Glaswegian. Are they doing uh, Train Spotting too? They are. Yeah, yeah. They they've got uh, they've got most of the original cast together, if not all of the original cast. I think. Yeah, they're not doing anything else now. They're not fishing for salmon in the Yemen anymore, or whatever it else it is. You and McGregor Jedi anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, you and McGregor up and down the world, and you and McGregor was in the recent Star Wars film. So, if only for a couple of seconds, he was in it. Oh, it wasn't the same way Hayden Christensen was put at the end of Jedi, was it? Uh, you saw it's that, sort of didn't you? Horrible, horrible photoshopped. It wasn't like that, was it? No, it wasn't. But the thing is, the thing uh, I, th- <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Carl when it comes to that. Because Luke would have seen Hayden Christensen and thought, who the hell's that? Who the... Yeah. <laughs> it's just some, someone else who came along for the ride. But uh, Super Ted's creator, Mike Young, still <laughs> hopes to bring it back to TV this year. We're not going to dwell on this one, obviously. DigitalSpy.com for this story. Super Ted's creator, Mike Young, has said that he still hopes the show will be brought back to TV this year. Now, are we thinking there's a little bit of Danger Mouse... Um, envy danger mouse envy here because i i do remember super ted but it's it didn't stick with me <laughs> as much i can't believe we've gone to, from such a highbrow intellectual conversation as 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 the benefits of analog over the digital to super ted might be coming back and and yeah, cut a long story short i don't care <laughs> yeah well, you know i was thinking because I read it, this is obviously it's been in here for a while. This story, a couple of weeks, yeah. and it just made me think about it. I was thinking, 
you know, we, we always go on about these remakes. Can't anyone come up with a new idea? Blah, 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 blah. But funny enough with these kids' stories, it's like, I don't know, Winnie the Pooh is a good example, right? Well, Winnie the Pooh I mean, is a classic. That's the point, right? It's a classic <laughs> because it's a nice, gentle story or a gentle character. Forget about the actual stories, right? They're nice, gentle characters that are perfectly suited for a certain age, right? And in a funny way, Danger Mouse. It's a nice James Bondy character suitable for a certain age, right? It is, yeah. A comedy yeah. James Bond, obviously. More David Niven than, uh, you know, Sean Connery, but, you know. Yeah. Super Ted, similar thing, because that was another superhero. It was a superhero teddy bear, wasn't it? Yeah. He was, yeah. with yeah. Spotty Man, and um, yeah. and, uh, again, it. So you know, they're not re, they're not re like Danger Mouse. It's not like re just relaunching it with you know the same stories. There, there's a there's a value to, it. and it, it's like say Winnie the Pooh. You know, certain characters are worth keeping or worth bringing back or worth doing things with, because if they appeal to a group of kids because it made them smile, happy, and they learnt a little bit. Or they giggled, or whatever it happens to be, then that character will always work. We're not talking about when you're talking about young kids. I can talk from experience of having brought up young kids and not so young now, but when you're talking about them, the point from naught to say six or seven never changes. It didn't change from when I was naught to seven, from when you were naught to seven, to where my parents, your grandparents, or my kids, you know, it doesn't change. Because if you haven't had enough modern influences to change that. As parents, we might change a little bit and our attitudes, but not the kids. So if some kids are like Beatrix Potter, why shouldn't our kids learn about Beatrix? Why couldn't they? Can't they have that joy that we had as kids? Why can't they have the joy of Winnie the Pooh or or even Garfield or Danger Mouse or Super Ted? If something was right. Like the Wombles were right. It, it had a message. It was nice. It was silly. It was cute. Whatever. It's always right, you know. So it doesn't matter. Why not bring it back? If the stories worked and the kids enjoyed it, they will still enjoy it. They just, you know, some new stories and maybe modernize. It's like we talk about Tangy Mouse. Yeah. It's very very similar, yeah. but they have brought in things yeah. that are available but, but they, now that weren't available then to talk about. Yeah, but they haven't had to do a whole lot with Danger Mouse, have they? You know, and I, I think it'd be the same with this. Exactly. exactly. Some like light say, with Danger Mouse. works, it works. We don't know why certain characters work yeah. so well with, with Danger Mouse. Kids. With Danger Mouse, it's, it's some light modernisation and, you know, proceed with the story writing. That's, that's as far as it needs to go exactly. with something like yeah. Danger Mouse. Yeah. And the same with this. So like I say, when we get upset about, why did I have to just remake that film? Or that, When you're working with adults, it's different because of taste change as people move forward and, you know, we all change. And so, you know, Z cars wouldn't work now. A 1960s drama of police, you know, it's no good. Unless it's a, a police drama and it's CSI Z cars, no yeah, one yeah. say, Well, they keep trying. I mean, again, back to your point, they tried this with... The Sweeney, didn't they? They remade a... Yeah. It doesn't yeah, work yeah. that. And it just yeah. didn't have that same... Because they had to change so much. But also in the 70s, the fact that I can't... You know, the police used to go, you slag, and what have you. It yeah. was real. You know, the police really did treat people quite as yeah. appallingly as they... Like life on Mars, yeah. Exactly. Well, it made like... 
didn't it make life on Mars look sort of tame? You know, some of it. <laughs> yeah, but if you, you know, if you like, you say they try to remake it. No, you know, t- to be honest, you, you put, uh, the p- that whatever it was, the serious. I can't remember what they were now. The, 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 they were a serious crime, weren't they? They, you know, they're, they're more to do with sitting behind computers and sitting there analysing DNA or, you know, doing profiling than, and looking at CCTV cameras and any of this running around calling people, you slig. So, <laughs> slig. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> slig. <laughs> so, yeah, it wouldn't work. But when you're talking about young things, you know, if it worked for you, then it's going to work. And why shouldn't it, if it made you happy, why shouldn't it make another generation happy? Look at some of the things that are sort of still, as far as I'm aware, made things like Postman Pat. All right, they've had to change that as well. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Thomas, the railway, you know. The thing that I do not want them to touch, they must stay away from. In (laughs) fact, Willows. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start again. The thing that they must not touch, (laughs) in fact, if they. If they can possibly find the original film that it was recorded on, by all means, remaster it, rescan it, whatever you have to do. Do not touch Wind in the Willows. The stop motion, um, the, yeah, the, the Cosgrove Hall uh, Wind in the Willows, because that yeah. is the perfect Wind in the Willows. Yeah. Everything from the, the general, the, the stories to the... The, the voices, I mean, David Jason and um, Peter Salas and uh, Sir Michael Horden and so Richard Pearson, um, you can't do any better than that. But every generation, every, every no, version. No, 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 Alex. No, no, you I can't. agree. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Every version of everything, it's to do with when you first saw it and you, it's to do with how, I can imagine, I, there was things I saw when I was a kid and I only remember them and I'm sure, I mean, I watched hundreds of episodes of things as a kid, right? But I only remember them when it was cold and rainy outside and we were snuggled up in front of the real fireplace with my mum sitting in the room and all us boys were sitting there together with my granddad. So everyone was still alive. And everything about my memory of watching these things was the most warm, comforting thing you could ever, ever imagine. It was the Waltons for real, you know? It was the Waltons <laughs> on Thames. It really was, yeah, right? yeah. And I'm sure half the time for all these programs, I'm wandering, looking at it, running out, kicking a football, riding the bike, coming in, watching a bit, doing this and the other. But my memory doesn't allow me to have that. And everything was perfect and everything is warm. So yes, it will. But these, in a funny way, I hope they do bring back Super Ted because I want another generation. It's like Danger Mouse. I absolutely love the fact that my youngest boy likes it. But... In fact, well, I didn't you say, didn't some of the you say old that he was saying the... um, uh, he heard uh, Stephen Fry? And he said, yeah. oh, it's Colonel K. Exactly. But I put on some of the older ones, and he's going, oh, I don't like these as much. Mm, low res. It, it's not to do with that. It's to do with they're not his danger mouse. No, no. And, James, you know, James Bond and, and Doctor Who. Exactly. And when... When he has his own kids and the fourth generation of Danger Mouse comes out and Doctor Who's still going, um, they will he'll be going, oh, yeah, yeah, but you don't remember the one with Stephen Fry and Alexander Armstrong, do mm, you? Mm. And Kevin Eldon. And it's the way it should be, and it should be that way. 
Good night and thank you for all the fish. Indeed. Let's get into the stream. Everything coming to Netflix and Amazon Prime in March and what to watch before it's gone. So, have we all had a look at this list? Yes. So a couple of standouts. Have we all found things we want to watch? <laughs> yes. I mean, obviously... Some surprising ones, yeah. For a start, coming to Netflix, Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek The Wrath of Khan, obviously... I mean, I've got both of those on Blu-ray anyway, but I'm sure I'll watch the Netflix ones. There's um, some good films. There are some... Jumping around, dude. There the are same some time. great films. I mean, Robin uh, Scar, Scarface, for instance, is, yeah. on, uh, is, is coming to Netflix. But that's there's some good old films. Groundhog Day, that's a classic... Yeah, okay. Look, I'll pick a couple. Robin Hood was good. Necropolis was good. Uh, Groundhog Day, fantastic film. Right? Oh, Robin um, Hood, Prince of Thieves. I saw that at the cinema. <laughs> was yeah, that that was. Oh, no, A League of Their Own was the first film I ever saw at the cinema. Prince of Thieves was the second one. Oh, was that the ba- the, ga- the girls' baseball film? With Tom Hanks, yes. Very good film, that, actually. Yeah, yeah it had really Madonna, it. and it had that very tall girl, and I can't think yes, of it. I can't remember her name myself. Anyway, Gina, Gina, something. Gina, Gina, Gina Davis. Davis. Gina, Gina Davis. Oh wow, I remember the name. It's more shocking yeah, than yeah. anything. Well. Right, okay. So that's the first batch. I'm not really into Lego films. So uh, that that cuckoo <laughs> is that the thing that the uh, BBC Three show? Is that what we're talking about? Cuckoo. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Okay. So that's meant to be quite good. You know, every time I look up someone that's on Detectives or any sort of BBC show that I go, I wonder what else they've been in. Everyone's been in Cuckoo and I've never seen it. Mm. Now, you see, there's another one here that says Halo The Fall of Reach. Now, there was a Halo, uh, kind of a Halo inspired series. Um, that was done was by Microsoft. Taxi cabs, you to ring them. <laughs> it was done by uh, by Microsoft Studios. Tone, did you see that? Uh, I think I saw some of it. Yeah, and it reminded me of you know when they did the Starship Troopers animated series. I, it just reminded me of that. I never saw that because I I was kind of um, I remember seeing this this Halo series on uh, I think it must have been on Netflix or maybe I watched it. Oh, maybe because it was Microsoft Studios. Well, didn't they maybe make it was game. video or something. Maybe it was actually on Microsoft's Halo website, and I but, but I'm I do remember watching it on television, so it must have been accessible somewhere. And um, I just remember it being really, really good, and it and it uh, it kind of angled itself more towards hey, the first Halo because it had. I might cut that out as well. No, <laughs> leave it. That's um, the best embarrassing thing. You yeah, can. yeah, yeah. Um, it's um oh auto tune it never mind um <laughs> it had that in it obviously as a bit of a bit of a hook and um it had the the big um lightning sword that was a basically i've just smacked my microphone a one shot kill and uh it was um kind of the story of the big the build up to the war that was going on in the first mm. halo game uh, and i was i was just really impressed with that it was one of the first things i'd seen that was um, linked to a computer game that was actually watchable. Well, you don't watch battleships. So I'm moving on to <laughs> no, late, I haven't, right? and I've done myself a favour for that, Mister yeah. Fox. I'll have you know. <laughs> moving on to but late anyway, March, we have Daredevil season two. Oh yes, well oh, yes. we've spoken about this many Properly times. Properly looking forward to that. That's and a, now- it's it's heartening to hear you say, Alex, that you're looking forward to a superhero series. 
I am. I, I feel we're in a bit of a renaissance. <laughs> yeah. no, not so much a renaissance. I never did it in the first place. Oh, yeah. the, the last superhero stuff I watched was Batman, but it was the original TV version. Oh, dear. I am sorry. Yes. Well, that's all we had when I was small. Um, Amazon Prime, you've got Tom's oh. never going to leave the house again. Oh, even that again, this is the one where, yeah, I've got the Blu-rays, but I probably oh, will. It starts off it. with two, some... two things straight off for Tony, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. Obviously, Ghostbusters 2, I have heard it's not yeah. very good. but No, it was terrible. But And we yeah. also I have... mean, for the Amazon, we've also got Bosch. Exactly. We Bosch have... eggs in two. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do myself. I'm going to have actually two whole seasons of things that i've been really looking forward to it's angling towards amazon isn't it here yes i mean netflix okay they've got season four of um house of cards putting yeah but i mean netflix netflix has got house of cards but putting putting ripper street to one side because that's kind of a cheat code yeah um, I mean, that's, that's done for the that's, series that's as well d- yeah <laughs> putting, <laughs> putting ripper street to one side they've got bosch which i think and is the single best yeah. Um, police drama ever ever to be uh, committed to um, digital video. They've yeah, got. Um, I, I think. I think probably man. The next series of Man in the High Castle will be coming next year, but that's been that's been um, re uh, uh, renewed. They've kind of left Netflix in the dust. Well, in in what's coming in new, yes. Um, yeah, because I see where you know there's a list here of a small list of what's coming off Netflix. It's like American Pie, the original of that. And then what have they got coming in? Oh, two of these straight-to-DVD films that sort of go in the middle of the series and were, were terrible. <laughs> but know. this is what Amazon do, isn't they? You can... I find with Amazon, I don't tend to watch it regularly, that the things I watch are so important to me in you know, in watching rather than you know, they're not going to change my life in any way. But they're you know, like Bosch, like Ripper Street, they are so good. It's like I literally it doesn't matter that ninety five percent of the things they put on I've no interest in, because the two or three things they put on that are interesting to me are more enough to make me pay for Amazon Prime. But one of the things mm. that they've actually the, the, one of the Amazon Prime original things that they've got is transparent which i mean, I mean, yeah. I mean i've never i've never actually seen it but it's it's, it's one it's it's got a lot of good reviews and it's won awards for you know for, for being extremely good and apparently it apparently it is very good so and, and the lead is from alex's favorite uh, oh netflix. of course it is yes <laughs> yeah favorite netflix show yes, yeah uh, i'm not grinding my teeth uh, absolutely not. but um <laughs> So yeah, let's talk more about Halo now. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. change the subject. Just, I don't care. I don't know what you're talking about, but, but it's got um, to be better. Yeah, there's there's stuff like uh, I mean they're getting Gattaca. I assume that's the film. They're, they're made a series out of that, surely. There's a lot of BBC content coming on. Hmm. So it seems to be a mix of yeah, we're we're used to get um, four road stuff on the iPlayer yeah. a lot more than you do now. But the BBC, it's all going you know, to Amazon. Yeah, the BBC and Amazon do have a a bit of a they have a relationship now, don't they? Because yeah, they yeah have, I mean it's they uneasy, but the they do work together. Gone, gone with Ripper Street. On the Top Gear fiasco. Oh dearie me! Yeah, 
whatever. I mean, that was something that <laughs> when you think about it, they could have organised between them. They could have. And been. everyone would have come out looking like it was... Um, smelling the roses. Smelling yeah. the roses. I say, well, no, we long, no longer can handle this style of Top Gear, so we're going to go elsewhere. But we've made an agreement with Amazon to take it on as it is to do their version of what you're used to. And everyone had gone, oh, that's a jolly good idea. Thanks. And that would have knocked the whole thing so on that, that edge. That's the thing. Not many people had a reaction at all if it was just a blank statement where if it was a some sort of stunt. Yeah. So if you think if you think about it, you get Amazon saying, okay, I'll tell you what, we'll make Top Gear for you with your regular cast uh, and we'll pay for it. We will also pay for Ripper Street, but you're going to screen it. And does the Ripper Street um run that goes out on bbc have the amazon prime video logo at the end of it you know what i don't remember ah i uh, i would love to know if it does actually have the amazon well it might logo have a, at the end of it. no do you know what it would probably have the amazon studios the logo the it does one of those amazon and bbc joint production things does it yeah. there you yeah, go I'm There's sure some ad- that that is some advertising on the uk's premiere non commercial yeah but you you know all the talkback stuff and stuff it says you know made by talkback or whatever or yeah there's there's been over the last 10 years a lot of us hbo and bbc ties doesn't there but you can buy fridges from amazon yeah that's true (laughs) yeah so uh yeah it's it's odd isn't it the 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 uh, one hand really does wash the other in this um it, at the it, moment it's a good job we haven't got carl on he'd just be, be throwing tinfoil hats everywhere yeah. wouldn't he? <laughs> throwing tinfoil hats everywhere yeah but uh no the, uh, uh, basically long story short our cup runneth over with original stuff and new things coming in uh, new productions, um, the, the new series of House of Cards, I'll, I'm going to be all over that. The new series of Bosch, I've really got to ration that because it's only, what is it, 13 episodes, 16 episodes? Yeah. I mean, I was a bit disappointed that the the current season of Ripper Street was only six, wasn't it? They're usually eight, aren't they? Yeah, it was six. But one of the characters... One of the characters he didn't write anything. The actor that plays one of the characters is more tweeted out that you won't have very long to wait for the next series. Really? So it was a very short series, so very possibly they may have made quite a bit of the next series already. You never know, they may have made the whole thing. Yeah. And just decided. But they've got to wait for the BBC to show this Uh, one before they. Yeah. 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 uh, I mean, you haven't reached series four yet have you i have not I have but you not. have finished oh, well, series three there i have finished series three and uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll mention that i'm going to mention that in our what we've been watching reading listening to etc i wish the whole world would catch up with me I just, the yeah. actually talk about yeah. that. you and you and um i mean tone you're gonna to have to catch up and then you and uh you and tone and i Alex, can, yeah um, and, can, and everyone else hasn't watched it yeah, tough can can just get lost yeah, yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> let's move Swiftly. I've noticed Arthur and George uh, season one. I don't know why they call it Arthur and George season one on Amazon because there's not going to be another season of Arthur and George. Uh, is Arthur and George the the Arthur Conan Doyle story when he helped the... It, it was um, a legal case. I think it was a three-parter on BBC, maybe. It was a legal case in the maybe 1920s of some young Indian guy that was... Uh, 
accused possibly of murder, and I'm going by memory, and Conan Doyle got involved and basically played Sherlock Holmes for real. And this is a true story. Really? Oh. And uh, I think... Um, I haven't seen that. Uh, what's his name? Martin Clunes played Arthur Conan Doyle in this. This was on... Was this on the BBC or ITV? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And I think it was BBC. And I'm pretty, because pretty sure this is Arthur and George. I'm pretty sure I saw that advertised, intended to watch it, and never saw it. Okay, well, you haven't got long to wait, because if it's the one I'm thinking of, you'll be able to see it on... I think that was... I'm going to be all over Amazon, that. Isn't it? I mean, I watched it, and um, the thing is, I know the story. I just can't remember it so wonderfully well right now. Um, okay, there's something called Arthur and George, which is a 10th novel by English author Julian Barnes. Um, but there's also the TV series Arthur and George 2015, which is the one with... Um, Whoever I just said, I've got his name now. Clooney, no, not Clooney. Martin Clooney. Clooney. It's Clooney. That's George so, yeah. Clooney and Martin Clooney. Yeah, together right. again at last. Yeah. <laughs> together, <laughs> aging beautifully. So I'm, I'm going to go with it's the Arthur and George, which was ITV actually. Beauty in the ears. Yeah, ITV, not BBC. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into the Beeb, and uh, I'm I'm sort of loath to get into this really because we've um, we've 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 gone quite long so far with all the interesting chit chat, but uh, let's get into the Beeb. Um, BBC Trust flawed and should be replaced by uh, by Ofcom. Report says. Report says by people that want to get rid of the BBC, uh, which is yeah. basically everyone on on both sides of the uh, House of Commons and various and other in, individuals. Gets paranoid. Indeed, yes. Well, they always do. A uh, story from the, BB- the BBC. Again, I like to bring this up every so often, but the BBC reporting on how exactly how much they are being bashed in the face. BBC Trust is flawed and should be scrapped, uh, with governance of the corporation moving it to the media watchdog Ofcom, a report has concluded. Who oh, has it? Sir David Clementi, who led the independent review, said there was a need for fundamental reform. The BBC is currently regulated by the Trust, its executive board and Ofcom. In response, the BBC Trust said it was important to get the details right on any changes. Sir David, former chairman of Prudential and um, previously a deputy governor of the Bank of England. Oh, proves he knows everything about media. He, he used to work in banking. Oh, yeah. And insurance. There should be a... <laughs> yes, quite. There should be... Two areas that have been so successful oh, recently. He's the man me. from the pro. Oh, dear. But background in Northern Rock. Um, <laughs> so he said there should be a fundamental reform of the system and government's and regulation for the BBC. The yeah, BBC that's Trust the most model. highly regulated banking and insurance firms. Yeah, Can we just, just say, sod off and leave it well, at that? I would, I would. But I, I actually, I, I was talking to some of my work colleagues about this. Well, we, we got onto the subject of the, um, the BBC licence fee. And uh, w- one person in particular said, "Oh, they the BBC ought to start doing advertising. They're just leaving money on the table, or it's just, or they're just losing money." I was thinking, "Have we not that- seen what they sell? You know what they make selling abroad and things like that." Oh dear, well, quite. I mean, I, I- well, what makes BBC what it is is the fact that they have they have a charter. Yeah, right? it's a non means- it's a non commercial charter. Yeah, and they can't be ITV because of ITV or ITV, right? Because of that sounds really crap. Because of the BBC, <laughs> the BBC have to do things in a certain way, which leaves room 
for ITV, for ITV yeah. to do what they yeah. do. It leaves room for Channel 4, Channel 5, yeah. and, and, and the rest of them. Now, if yeah. the BBC and the key thing, didn't have to behave in the way they did, it would be everyone scrambling for the middle ground and nobody doing anything different. No. So you'd have four or five main channels, I don't know how many you'd end up with, all doing exactly the same thing, all showing yeah. Simon Cow rubbish, all doing the same cheapest chips nonsense, right? What the <laughs> US what the US has. Yeah, exactly. Just <laughs> tell people, watch US TV for a month, right? Nothing else, right? And then come back. With the adverts and all that. Yeah, not, yeah. As is, not you know, not the form we get it where we can watch it on DVD. Yeah. And, yeah. So, so, just yeah. remember, so, right? we, can watch, we can watch it on a streaming service with all of the stuff cut out. So, yeah. you know, once, you know, ITV and then have the go-ahead to have more adverts and what have you, what happens, just for the people that don't know and haven't enjoyed the sheer joys of American television, right? Hey. You have <laughs> loads of adverts, mm. then you have the credits, then you have adverts... Then you might have five minutes, if you're lucky, of a story. Yeah. Then you have had, and they are written to have a timed gag before the next advert. So especially things like comedy, right? It's everything is written with ad breaks involved. Some people, it doesn't work so badly in here because you can't see the flow. And you look at American TV, and people say it's so much quicker. The jokes are quicker, and they're faster, and the timing, this and the the timing isn't to do with the writing. The there is reason to, to that, mad. There's method to that madness. Fitting it in between yeah. the adverts. Indeed. It's the same as with their sport, you know, their American football, right. baseball. It's the exact same yeah. thing that's made to fit in between advert and breaks. Isn't that, and isn't that what encapsulates the... the um, Obviously, I don't want to offend anyone. American the, dream. The American... <laughs> so close, Tone. Uh, the American television entertainment experience. And why do you think they both buy so much British stuff? Well, yeah. Because it's an antidote. <laughs> no, it's just, it, this is complete rubbish, right? If you want someone else to regulate it, right, then it needs to be regulated by people that have an appreciation for what it is there to do. Okay, it's there to provide a balance, but not only in, I mean, people can talk their normal prejudice rubbish about, oh, they're pro this or they're pro that in their news coverage. It's rubbish, right? The BBC are basically polite, but don't take crap from anyone. I think, right? I think there are some commentators who lean to the left or the right. Exactly, but, but you can, but you know, somebody, you do know yeah. which ones are. No, but that's what I'm saying. Which. If they have one presenter doing a show that's leaning to the left, especially on radio, it's more prevalent, right? Yeah. But you know, you have that in commercial already. I listen to LBC first thing in the morning. You have got Nick Ferrari, that's pretty damn right wing. I mean, he's not offensively right wing, but he's just very right wing, okay. And then you got James O'Brien that comes on afterwards. That's very left wing, and they fundamentally disagree with everyone or each other or whatever, and that's the way they do it. And the BBC, they don't have people that are quite so fundamentally one way or the other because they're not allowed to, but you need to have people, especially when you've got a call-in, you need to have people that can be argued with because people don't agree with their points. Yeah, but in you, general, need, you need to be people who, you need people who are closer to the centre but can either, can can either question or argue for different 
for different yeah, sites, especially that, when it comes to that's political how it works. stuff. But then you just talk about the way they produce their programming and the type of programming they produce. One balances off the other. You wouldn't be able to have trash on ITV if you didn't have education on BBC4. I was say quality you, on BBC4, yeah. <laughs> It's horses yeah. for courses. It's whatever you want, you know. You wouldn't be able to have styles of programming. You wouldn't be able to have, um, you know, you look at the time of day, right? Sunday's a really good example. I like Sunday TV because of it's designed for every member of the family. It's relaxing. And ITV, you have early evening quite, I wouldn't touch ITV, but quite often late on a, and Sunday evening, it's where you used to have things like Fourth War and things like that. That was ITV, wasn't it? It was that type of programming anyway. You know, it was later you'd have some quite good police dramas, you know, and they balance each other off. And, and it's not like, you know, it's not like people seem to think in the old days that they are actually trying to go against each other or hurt each other. The IT, or should we say the independent television and the BBC television they're always meeting with each other. They're always discussing, oh, we're going to do this sort of thing in the autumn, you know, and they'll go, okay, well, we'll balance it with that sort of thing in the autumn. You know, this, they, they're not actually going against each other. They do support each other, and they do work together really quite well. And that's what gives us balanced television. Well, that's the thing. Go anywhere if you think in the world about and it. see what else goes on, you would come home and you would appreciate what we've got so much more. Oh, yeah. If you think about it, we have... Visibly, we have four channels. Five channels. No, no one cares about Channel Five. <laughs> even in this, even in this day and age, no one cares about. Not channel even Channel Five. five. We okay, have all right. You've four, got four. We companies. have four major channels. Well, have we no. ever needed more? No. No. If you Truth, truthfully, we have never needed more than four channels because they all complement one another. I mean, yes, you can you can find extra stuff. You could find extra stuff sorry on bbc3 you can find more stuff on bbc4 you've got film 4 for some extra stuff here and yeah, there yeah i mean all the you've other things ITV like all the UK one TVs and two and three or whatever and, yeah. but the main the main attractions are bbc1 2 itv and channel 4 yeah but even like you say the subsidiary channels even things like dave and the uk tvs and whatever they're basically all sort of bbc itv yeah. they're it's all basically all, related all to those it's all noise though i think especially for i mean if you especially for our generation it's you would you you wouldn't look further than not you wouldn't look further than channel four no but the the funny thing is i remember when channel four started they were trying to be sort of groovy and funky right then you find you know you think of things like um uh time team that was Channel 4. It was Channel 4, right until the point when they destroyed Woodhenge and then yes. they disappeared without trace. Yes. Thankfully but my so. Point, the point is, it's almost like BBC 2 and BBC 1 balanced each other. Not necessarily one being... Because if BBC 1 were doing something hard-hitting, BBC 2 would have a comedy. They would, and if yeah. BBC and, and vice versa. Now, ITV and Channel 4... At certain times of the day, ITV would be full of trash, and Channel Four would have some really hard-hitting documentary, or and something, it, and or it something would swap over at other times. Something like Frasier or Friends. Yeah, that's what cha Channel Four had the slightly wackier stuff, especially. And on it Friday also nights. had completely crazy, bizarre stuff. You know, it, it, you know when things like Big Brother would 
a bit mad and things like that. That was Channel 4, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was, yeah. And so they'd do the crazy stuff and the like, and sort of it was like two sets of two, the way they balanced each other off, and there would always be something for somebody somewhere. And what all these channels have done, and don't get me wrong, I, I sometimes find something good on something like London Live. I was watching <laughs> uh, Desmond's, which was a pretty terrible TV show oh, back in the 80s. I remember Desmond's. Yeah, the hairdressers, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> sometimes I put that on just to remember quite how bad it was. And it's so bad, it's actually really good. Right? Yeah, it's, it's still one of the things that... The ITV free, perfect channel. Perfect channel. Yeah. But, you know, it's just like having Netflix doing the... Just someone putting the reruns on for you, not having to flick <laughs> mm, the mm. But it all balanced really well. Um, I, mean, I don't think... I don't know. I'm going to watch Channel 5 one day. But I think, it's still, I, still, I think it still balances well. Across BBC One, Two, maybe Three and Four... ITV okay. and and Channel Four. No, I, I don't know still... what percentage Channel Four is uh, funded, but it's quite a lot funded. Obviously, BBC One and BBC Two is well. You say one hundred percent funded. It probably funds itself by about thirty or forty percent. The shows that they produce you sell on. They sell on. So they produce the their own income. Yeah. But Channel Four is funded. It's quite a lot. I mean, it's quite a high percentage. People don't appreciate that. They go, oh, it's got adverts, so it's not funded. Well, no, it is funded. ITV is less funded, but ITV gets funding as well. ITV so, receives uh, a percentage of the licence fee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they all do, but, you know, you're right. The, between one, two, three, four, you know, I, I like to count five, and it was, five was a missed opportunity. I'm, I don't but know f- what is on five to know what I'm missing. But five came after the explosion of the the digital well, channel. Once Sky had already sort of started once, printing. Yeah, in. they kind of they kind of missed the boat. It's a bit like I'm trying to What's I'm it? trying to think of a modern online. Well, no, it came to most areas. You know, remember that the problem with the signals actually getting out to everywhere. It uh, they did, did actually and, started like ninety-seven, I think. And then, of course, it came onto channel. It was most TVs. It was on channel thirty-five, which was for video recorders or around the same area video recorders were so it had a lot of problems and then of course they opened the channel with the spice girls another problem damn it but i really think channel five channel five was late to the game and uh, and i don't think i don't think it's ever achieved the it's still for me channel five is still the little box in the bottom right hand corner of the Radio Times <laughs> with next to nothing in it apart from House when they broadcast it. But now I've got Netflix and I can watch House yeah. whenever I want. That's the thing. That's That seems to be what, you know, you bring up House, it's an American show. They show a lot of American stuff. Yeah, because they've got five USA. That seems to be what more like. Yeah. That seems to be, I mean, even when they started, they sort of opened up with a late night chat show like Letterman used to have, you know, but like with a Scottish guy doing it instead of... Uh, yeah, Scottish comedian instead of David Letterman. Yeah. Now, I was just looking through free, the free view because I, I very, very, very seldom look at free view. And I'm just looking through it on the com, on the computer here. And the only reason, I'm like, a few, well, it's a couple of months ago, the Virgin box went down. And I've got satellite dishes here, but um, before I went to Virgin all those years ago, and I do have satellite boxes that do work on FreeSat. And I just 
I just thought, oh, I can't be bothered to. Obviously, the telly's got tuners in it. So for a little, I think about two or three days, and until I just got really fed up and plugged in a satellite box. Um, but I just started using Freeview, and I'd never used it. You know, I, 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 I won't tell you how many TVs in the house there is, but um, half of them had never been tuned. <laughs> yes. Because they only ever went on the AV channels yeah, for... They only uh, ever go to the HDMI or... Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I just I was looking through and I was just like looking um, at the, the options. And I'm thinking, okay, look, look, we know one, two, three, four always got something, you know, between them. And I was like, Channel 5 has got Olympus Has Fallen, which I think is a movie. <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. You've okay, watched so it we, before, I believe, Alex. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, and you must look for something else. The, yeah, okay. Um, so I'm going to so I forget about the ITVs. Uh, and then you've got things like Dave and more before films. And, and then I had to notice, oh, what, yesterday, what's that? And it's got like open oil hours. Yes, Minister, Porridge, Battle of Britain. So it's got history and looks like old B- BBC comedies. Then it's got something called drama, which I've never heard of. But then I thought, look, it's got new tricks. Jonathan Creek, Birds of a Feather, The Bill. That's quite cool. Now, you see, run it back a bit. Yesterday. I think that's another one like UK Gold type. Yeah, but I'm like, these are all free, you've got to remember. But yesterday is one of those channels where I can turn it on and always, always find something to watch, whether it's a history program or whether it's a repeat of something old. My point is, is I've never turned on... You view no, what's it called? Freeview. Freeview. I did use it for. I, I mean, I vaguely heard it yesterday, but it doesn't turn up on my TiVo or my satellite. It might be there, but I've never pressed that number. And in a funny way, the fact that oh, you say, you know, Freeview. I mean, I remember when. Well, I remember when there was three channels, but uh, say four channels more more sensibly. And I'm clicking buttons, and I don't know what half of these things are, and I don't know if they're all rubbish channels. But there's an awful lot of TV channels on Freeview. I mean, okay, they say Freeview, but it still costs you 150-odd quid a year because of the TV licence. But, hold on, something just popped up there, and it said, get Freeview. No, it didn't. Why Freeview? It's got 60-plus channels. It's ballooned ballooned in the last few years. Yeah, but, you know, 60-plus. All right, it's got 60-plus. I don't know how many it is. But you think, hold on, that's got 60 channels on it. If you can't find something to watch on Freeview, you're not looking very hard. Mm. And like I say, I've never, I've never really used it. Um, I put, um, what did I put? UView, is that what it's called? I put a UView box in the yeah. kitchen the other day. Oh dear, yeah. Um, I turned it on, it worked. I turned it off. No one's used it since. <laughs> but um, it was sitting there and it got sent to me and I thought, well, what's it do? And it's got catch-up TV on it, which is probably quite nice. But I just can say, I mean, we're just talking about the BBC Trust and, you know, you're saying four channels. But most of this Freeview stuff, from what I could tell, are derivatives of those four channels in some way. If not all of them. I don't know if they all are, but if we've got 60 channels, 50 of them are derivatives of the four channels you were talking about. Oh, well, no, you've got to say Channel 5 because there's like three or four Channel 5 channels, isn't there? So, I don't know. 
I can't see why anyone would complain. Back in the old days when there was three or maybe four or even five channels, you could have said, that's a lot of money because what do you get for it? But you know how you look at what you get for it? Even though they've taken ITV, no, they haven't. They've taken BBC3 off of this and put it online. Someone said to me the other day, and I may have been completely misquoting, but they're going to use that space for BBC One Plus One? I believe, yeah, I believe they are. I actually would really like that. Yeah. Because it's quite often good. the things on the BBC yeah, yeah. that I go, oh, now I've got to wait. And what I'll do is I'll then fire it up on the Mac. It works. And wind it back, right? Because it's something I wanted to watch the other day and I wanted to watch the whole thing and I realised it was 20 past eight and it started at eight. (laughs) I've got a choice. I can now go and fire it up on the Mac or whatever you do, send it to the Apple TV. I can't remember how to do that though because that always confuses me, right? And then rewind it back to the beginning or I can wait until it finishes and watch it on the iPlayer because it seems to go the iPlayer doesn't officially have it on the iPlayer but you can go onto the iPlayer page and go no it does have the live yeah it has the live yeah. but if, once it's finished you can go back onto the iPlayer in the old days you had to wait once it finished and yeah. it took about an hour or two for originally them to but you can actually yeah, start it's straight from, there now you yeah, can start you from the beginning play the channel you want rather than the iPlayer and you can rewind it yeah. but um I'd be quite nice because my other option was I looked at it and went, oh, it's BBC One. Because my other option is I could always flick it onto the Plus One channel and watch it yeah. on Plus One. But as far as uh, as far as BBC Trust is flawed and should be replaced by Ofcom, report says, let's just throw that in the bin and move on. Let's move on. <laughs> should we just go on to what we've been watching? No, no, no. No, because there is a very important piece of news is there- in the franchise. Drum roll, Mr. Tone, please. <laughs> because I'm sure you are as happy about this as I am. Uh, I'm sure I've mentioned this a couple of times. Just, you know, I've, I've probably said something along, along the lines of, just give the new films to this man and everything will be good. Nicholas Meyer joins new Star Trek series. Uh, this, this, this story from StarTrek.com, as it happens. Uh, it's official. Brian Fuller who will co-create, produce, and serve as showrunner of the upcoming Star Trek series, has announced the new the news that Nicholas Meyer has joined the show's writing staff and will be a consulting producer. Uh, Nicholas Meyer chased Kirk and Khan round the Mutara Nebula and round Genesis Flames. Oh, slightly messed up quote there. Um, he saved the whales <laughs> with the Enterprise and its crew and waged war and peace between Klingons and the Federation. We are thrilled to announce that one of Star Trek's greatest storytellers will be uh, boldly returning as Nicholas Meyer beams aboard the new Trek writing staff, said executive producer Brian Fuller. Meyer, of course, is beloved by Star Trek fans worldwide for directing and co-writing... although he's uncredited, uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, co-writing Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, and co-writing and directing uh, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. And now, that list, the even-numbered ones, people... The arguably better ones. The even-numbered ones. For those of you who actually believe that's true... He did the better ones. Uh, the new Star Trek series produced by CBS Television Studios will launch early in 2017. Now, I have been saying 
since in fact i've been telling people who probably don't even listen to me um since since star trek enterprise that nicholas meyer is probably the kind of guy you want on board for this because he i'm i'm reminded um the producer of Star Trek II, um, in one of the documentaries that comes with the Star Trek II um, DVD and indeed the uh, the Blu-ray, one of the reviews that the Wrath of Khan received was, well, that's more like it. Because they had the motion picture, they had Star Trek the motion picture, which really was a kind of a, a slower, beautifully... A 2001 tribute. Beautifully sort of filmed, filmed wasn't it? 2001 tribute, as you say, Tony, yeah. It had the uh, the Jerry Goldsmith soundtrack, and 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 he he wrote what would become the Star Trek: The Next Generation theme tune and things like that. But you look to Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, you know, written and directed by Nicholas Meyer. I mean, he wrote he he uh, they they had the screenplay, and uh, Nicholas Meyer rewrote the screenplay during the writer's strike of nineteen eighty something or other. And of course, he directed it. You take one of the one of the slightly slightly better episodes of the of the original series, Space Seed. You bring that original um, character back, and and you make a you make a film out of it. You you end his particular arc. Spoiler alert! <laughs> well, if you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing, people? According to this quote, he's um, he's joining the writing staff, which is great. Um, and he'll be a sort of a, a consulting producer. That's all for the good, as far as I'm concerned. This, yeah, uh, I mean, exactly. starting with start. Sorry, Tony. Uh, starting with Brian Fuller as the as the series, the the, the as the showrunner, and now we've got Nicholas Meyer in charge. It See, does it does sound like they're actually trying to trying to do a good a good term with this one. What yeah, do you think, Tony? I'm, I'm more I'm more excited about this than Brian Fuller. For some reason, yeah. But mm. Brian Fuller yeah. did a couple of good episodes, but yeah, but it's it's the Stephen Moffat problem, isn't it? You know, <laughs> when it comes to that, it's like yeah, you know, we've said it before. Mm. Making one or two good episodes doesn't mean he can run the whole series, yes. as we've seen, sadly. Yeah. But we, yeah, my, we, what was it coming we, from a film? Was it um, uh, make it a uh, writing a blink episode? Does not a good writer make? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So to speak, yeah, exactly, yeah. But you know, th- this is someone you can have more confidence in, in, in especially if he's just run the writing team. Mm. Yeah, so he, he will only be doing; he won't be doing every single episode unless they have some sort of overriding plot arc. Hopefully not. <laughs> well, the yeah. the arcs, the big plot arcs, are what helped DS Nine, in my opinion. Yeah, it it really did help it to to uh, long plot arcs really do help a dark atmosphere whereas with the next generation had the slightly lighter cheery we're out exploring yeah monster of, of the week monster yeah. of the week thing that helps the the brighter next generation whereas the yeah well, we don't know what this is going to be we yet have, though, we do we? The no darker. Idea. yeah we have no idea what this is going to be but it's going to be set in the prime universe which i'm very happy about <laughs> Not See, the, uh, that, that's the thing you say, you'll put him in charge of the, the new movies. It's like, I don't want him anywhere near those because that would sully his name. Well, that's the thing. I, I was, that, that was what I was saying when, yeah, before, when I heard that there was going to be a new film 
put into motion because originally, before J.J. Abrams got his little mitts all over it, there was actually a, a plan to have a prequel film, but have it be the, the Romulan Wars or the Romulan War, which was alluded to in, um, in the original Star Trek. Because oh, right, there yeah. was the, the episode that uh, Mark Leonard, the first episode Mark Leonard was in, um, where it was kind of revealed that, oh, yes, there's there's this big enemy called the Romulans. Yeah, and we they, haven't seen them in 22 we, years or whatever no, it was. Well, yeah. Not only have we not seen them, but we have never seen, a human has never seen them yeah. before. And that's when Spock kind of yeah. hacks into their bridge yeah. camera system, and we suddenly find that they are distant cousins of the of of the Vulcans. But uh, the, say it was something they I think they briefly touched on it in Enterprise, didn't they? As well, they did, they did, and 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 actually, it was one of those the the final season of Enterprise had some uh, it had a really good three parter with Brent Spiner. Yes. And it had a really good tour three-parter, which was all about the Romulans. Yes. And I think if Enterprise had been allowed to continue for another series, it would have taken off in the same vein as Voyager or TNG, yeah. I think. Whereas now it's, uh, it's Star Trek's version of Firefly. Well, kind that of. That one season, if you just took that one season anyway. If you take that one season, then yes, it is, it, <laughs> it, it, it is good. But... Uh, but no, I mean, Nicholas Meyer, he's... All we need now, <laughs> all we need now is... Anybody but Shatner. Uh, yeah. No, well, <laughs> even William Shatner. I'll tell you what, I've read one of William Shatner's Star Trek books and it's actually quite good. Um, but the one where he resurrects his own He character. does, he yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But all we need now is for someone like Ronald D. Moore to be attached to it. If yeah. let's say if Ronald D. Moore fancied coming back home to where he started, yeah, don't don't let um, Brandon Braga or Rick Berman though. Yeah, but yeah, that's that's the thing. Thing. even though they people, did create DS Nine, they did create Voyager. People spit on Rick Berman and Brandon Braga, but Rick Berman turned <sighs> the Next Generation into the series that we know and love, and Ooh. Brandon Braga co-wrote. Co-wrote the um, uh, All Good Things episode, and he also wrote a lot of very good uh, Next Generation and uh, DS Nine episodes, and some good Voyager episodes as well. However, he they both massacred the series in general with uh, the final episode of Voyager. End shame, as it's now referred to by fans. <laughs> because it's quite possibly one of the biggest cop-outs in sci-fi history. Oh, thank you. So I'm looking, I'm, I'm, I'm now, I'm kind of, I'm building up to this. This is me, people, being excited about something that's coming soon. Do you hear it? Yes. Yeah, nice. No, I'm actually really excited about this, because yeah. seeing, seeing a, a, a star, an episode of Star Trek with Nicholas Meyer's name, blow it even if it's crap <laughs> if i'm honest it will be uh it will be something something very special oh you're not going to be one of them are you no, 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 no. Oh, i just see his name on it therefore i'll like it no no i'm not going to be like that. doesn't work like that <laughs> it's me tone it's me it shouldn't it shouldn't work like that anyway it does not work like that but i'm very much looking forward to this let's move into what we've been watching reading listening to or listening toing listening to or playing this week tone 
We shall start with you, sir. Okay. Um, top of my list, I've been playing uh, Rocket League on the Xbox. Oh, I've heard about this. <laughs> yeah, it's a really fun little game. Um, much as I know that you'd hate to do it, cast your mind back to Top Gear when they did the sort of games of football with cars. <laughs> yeah. Like they played it's, it, they played it with um, what's that? What's the, the car? I go. Yeah, thing, because that's it? it's the um, it's the same chassis that's on the Citroen C2 and a couple of others. Yes, yeah, it's like that except they've added a load of different cars on it. You know, you can choose, you can mod up the cars. They made it sort of slightly zero G ish, <laughs> sort of, the sort you can alter gravity and things like sure, that. It's not just a cheap physics engine tone. <laughs> No, 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 because they get it. You cannot just have it as a normal, you know, you can actually change these things. So you can, yeah, you can have normal gravity if you want. Uh, but yeah, it's a sort of, yeah, futuristic version of what Top Gear was doing with car, you know, playing football. Very, very good. Um, there's also, they're always adding little bits to it as well. They've been adding DLC packs. Like this week, I think they added the DeLorean from Back to the Future as a playable nice. car. Um, next, I think it's next month. They're adding the Batmobile from the new, yeah, from Dawn of this movie. Oh, from so um, from Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah, really. And, nice. Yeah, but, and if it, you know that'll be one of those things. Yeah, you know, like with GTA, they keep adding these little bits of you know downloaded update that keep coming back just to add something a little bit, but not so much that they have to. You know, they're forced to charge. Yeah. Mm. Mm. it's like you know you could have the option uh but yeah it's a lot of fun to play i've, I've been playing mainly playing against other people luckily um yeah, but you, you you've just got these massive arenas you know you've got sort of 10 people bombing around in these cars on that uh you can do some sort of trick shots like you know that are meant to emulate football like Hop up in the air, kick the back of the car out mid-air just to get the ball towards the goal. <laughs> um, it's also I'd also call it part robot wars because you can uh, blow up other cars. Nice. So it's like, it's like yeah, it's very arcadey, brilliant for multiplayer. I haven't really played the single player much, um, but a lot, a lot of fun um, to while away evening on the Xbox. Saying it, I mean, I was in a couple of parties you know, Xbox parties at the time when I was playing it. Um, yeah, a lot of fun. Highly recommended. And I think it was definitely one of the cheaper Xbox games as well. I think it was about 15 quid. And, you know, I just got the download. So, yeah, brilliant. Uh, but they'll be constantly updating it, hopefully, you know, as, as much as is feasible. Um, I've also, just earlier today, I actually watched uh, Stephen Fry's last QI episode. The very final QI. I haven't watched this. When was, when was it on originally? Was it was it just this, this Friday uh, or this week? 24th, I think it said on the iPlayer. Really? Fe- well, 24th, 24th of February. February, February. Really? Yeah. So it's a, f- yeah. Yeah. So he Not finished that long, he, ends it, yeah. he ends it at M, does he? Yes, yeah, I mean, this episode was Misconceptions. Right. Yeah, and it had, it had on Sue Perkins, uh, Sarah Cox, and oh, the guy from In the Loop, in the thick of it. Yeah, the side, sidekick. Oh. I'll chuck her, um, Addison. Chris, Chris Addison. Addison. Chris Addison, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's all, good. All very good. And, yeah, at the beginning, they did a thing where they switched all the name badges around, so it, 
and they gave everybody an identical buzzer. Right. Except for Alan Davis, who had a sound of a buzzard, and straight away he got the big, you know, the big sirens for. Oh yeah. Being the yeah. wrong answer. Everyone else had buzzer. He had buzzard. Oh right. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, great little joke, but um, yeah, I, I was quite surprised Sandy didn't turn up on this one actually in some mm. form. What come up, come up, relieve Fry of his uh, seat no, and no, no, even, even just be, even just be one of the guests. Yeah, yeah. So did did he yeah. give us? Did he give a speech of some kind or? Uh, not really. I mean, they, they kind of twisted the episode. Even the general ignorance round, they sort of bore turned it into general knowledge with the odd swerve answer. You know, you know, they kind of played with the format a little bit before. Yeah, before he leaves, which is it was fun, nice fun little episode. And the other main thing has been well, a little trailer released earlier today. <laughs> a little trailer, yeah, not not a trailer for a trailer this time though. Luckily. Oh dear, yeah. Let's let's not have not see any more of those. No, no, but no. It's about what three minutes or so. Yeah, the Ghostbusters trailer. Uh. I'm still looking forward to it. I'm still cautious about it, really, though. They keep things in it that are like little callbacks, like it's going to be you know, carrying on from the originals, and then then they say, oh, no, we're completely restarting. Yeah, yeah. It does uh, have some callbacks to the original series. I mean, um, uh, there are some cameos, aren't they? Yes, yes. It has, um, I think, all of the living... The Living Three, Ghostbusters, and um, Sigourney Weaver. Mm. I think, I think they had uh, Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis passed away before they were able to, before they yeah. started filming, didn't he? Yeah, I, th- I think they originally did want him for a, a scene in there as well, because it is like cameo scene rather than sort of full blown team together. Yeah, um, but yeah, it looks like uh, even if if you disconnected it from the name, it looks like it'd be a decent action comedy. Sort of sci-fi. Uh, I think maybe it gave away a little bit too much in the trailer because it gives you, oh, here's your fifty-foot-high monster this time out. You know, <laughs> your new marshmallow man, except here's it's not. Stay above marshmallow man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's even little. I've been seeing on Twitter since it released, not just reaction, but people finding little Easter eggs. Like there's one, yeah, <laughs> like there's a there's a billboard in one scene where somebody's zoomed in on it and it's a Twinkie billboard. It's just a picture of a Twinkie with um, the caption, that's a big, <laughs> which is a throwback to the, you know, again, it's a line from the first one. Yeah. Mm. I still have to watch the original. Although, uh, the thing is, I, it's it's so embedded in modern um, pop culture. I do actually you know, know quite a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. Will you be able to watch it on Netflix or Amazon, whichever one it was? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will. Both of them. Yeah, yeah, both of them. Yeah. And that, that'll be from now, wouldn't it? Yeah. First of March. Yeah. So take the day off tomorrow and watch Ghostbusters. It's Friday. Tone always watches it on a Friday. <laughs> I'll be watching on my train down to London, I'm sure. <laughs> Don't remind me about that. Fish, fish and... You depress um, me when you remind me about that, that you're all meeting up in London without me because I have to go and play be famous i have to go, <laughs> i have to go and uh, play famous play bass for a popular pink floyd tribute band <laughs> we shall meet up again
In yeah. fact, Alex, next, either next week or the remember. week after I may be in London. Sorry. I'll to, be in London, unless I'm not, but I live here. Sorry about making making plans on the air there. Mm. Yeah, sorry. Uh, cool. Oh, by the way, Tone, Misconceptions mm-hmm. was episode 16 of Series M, yep. and it was actually first shown on the 19th of February. 19th? Okay. It's uh, so a few weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I remember it being in the listings as though his last episode. It's like, but yeah, it, it, I thought it seemed longer ago than that. Well, he's managed to blot his copy book since then, hasn't he? So. He certainly has. He called her a black woman a bag lady. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the, the one who's now been praised at the Oscars. Was it the same woman? Oh, yeah. she's um, for uh, Mad Max Fury Road. She's um, mm. she's cleaned up. Jolly good for her, too. Hmm. Good for her, why not? Apparently she's quite good at what she does. <laughs> Just a little bit. Not quite have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? It might be the only one I watch. Mm. I haven't, I haven't seen watched it myself, it yet, but I've but... seen enough clips of it yeah. to think, ooh dear. Yeah, there was some hard work done there. The thing is, there's, there's different types of dirt and grime I like, and that type of violent, almost madcap, psychopathic dirt and grime doesn't float my boat, gets under my skin. I like historical dirt and grime. I don't like... Yeah, so uh, like the Ripper Street, Ripper Street, Street dirt and grime. <laughs> no, I yeah, don't yeah. like disturb, dystopian dirt and grime, but I quite like yeah. historical dirt and grime. Oh, I think I, I want the future to be nicer than the past. Yeah. Well, don't yeah, play actually, one I, remember, I think um, yeah, Peaky Blinders, the other one, that, there's a new series of that coming that wasn't in that list. I'm sure it's coming to prison as well. Yeah. Blinders 2 must be out soon, yeah. Electric, yeah, electric exactly. Boogaloo. Mm-hmm. That was even more violent than the first so one. Series 1 was superb, but it was, it was set in the world of the gangster more, wasn't it? Than, yeah, exactly. Mm. No, they come down at London. Alex. Yeah? <laughs> now that Tone has uh, reached the end of his list. Yeah, no. Do you I, know what I, it's I, time I, for? Yes. I, uh, I was keeping quiet. Away you, away you go, then. <laughs> I just wanted to ask a Star Trek question. It occurred to me. You know you're Please going do. about the Romulans. Yes. Do they have a brother called the Ringulans? No, it's Remans. Okay. Yes. Because anyway, for some reason, actually, they decided yeah. to translate Greek myth into into something real. Because in the original series, they have... Um, uh, Romulus and it's um, well, it's, it's Romulus and Remus, which are the two planets. Well, Romulus case. is the planet, and Remus is really a, a kind of a moon. It was a dwarf planet. It wasn't quite a moon, was it? It wasn't it was more of a dwarf particular. planet. Well, it, it depends. If you watch Star Trek Nemesis, which uh, which was um, uh, um, going back to um, oh, what's his name? He's very good. Tom Hardy. Uh, Tom Hardy. His first that. film was Star Trek Nemesis, wasn't it? Or one it of his first was one of, the, one of the very early ones, yeah. Yeah, because he played a human. Didn't he do something with Stan Laurel? No. He was... Oh, dearie me. You have to bring it down, don't you? That's the audible facepalm there, by the there way. There we go. <laughs> Let me just... Uh... Yeah, that's my face. Hand on face. So... um, I'm glad I asked the question now. It was meant to be a throwaway joke. I didn't know there was going to be a 15-minute... Yeah, I wasn't minute. trying to explain it because the joke <laughs> is actually something that makes it ridiculous in the world of Star Trek that there is actually Romulus, Romulus and Remus. Yeah. But anyway, as you were saying... That Alex, ended well. 
Right. I, I decide every year I try and make some effort to be a part of what's going on. And then I looked at all these Oscars, <laughs> right? And I went, right. don't like the look of that, don't like the look of that, don't like... I haven't seen that one and I might like that. So I watched Spotlight and it won the best film, I think. I've heard so many good things about this. Well, I can tell you, because I'm down with... I wouldn't say the kids, because the kids wouldn't watch this. No, no, it's not suitable for kids, is it? No. Well, it's not graphic in any way, shape, or form. It's more the themes and the storyline, yes. No, but I'll tell you what the storyline is. The storyline is Boston in... I suppose it's the 90s. And, And... Spotlight is a small part of the Boston Globe newspaper. I mean, this is a true story, by the way. Uh, and it's their sort of in-depth, um, I don't know what we call it now. Journal- I, we have them here, you know, the ones that actually investigative journalism. And it's their small bureau, and, and they basically, they have a story, not not breaking stories, they have a story, they work they can spend months and months and months deciding what they're going to go and investigate and then they go for it and it might take them a year of investigation so i mean most big newspapers have something like spotlight a department that basically goes after something um and this was a story going after the sad but true all over the world sad but true uh, the Catholic priests that, um, sadly, for one reason or another, whatever the excuses are given, tend to spend a little bit too much time and attention on children. Right, okay, and that's, that's all that needs to be said about the story, love. It's not a difficult film because of the way it's handled. This is about the journalists more probably than the story. They don't give any... Glorification to the story. It's about the team of journalists. It is about the group, the spotlight group. Is it the is it the process? Uh, part of the process. What the? Look, I give you a bit of background. At the time, you know, Boston is a very Catholic city. Okay, and um, the Globe got its first non-Catholic editor in chief type person, and he happened to be a Jew from Florida that came from the New York Times. And the New York Times bought the Boston Globe and they wanted to send over someone else to shake it up a bit, you know? Let's you know, bring it into the 21st century. A known thing. quantity, was it? Yeah. And so in the background, it turns out that people had known about what was going on with these priests for a while. But in Boston in that time, if you were a Catholic, you just didn't. You didn't want to bring down your own church, you know? You didn't want to bring down your own people. You were scared you'd get drummed out of your own city, you know? But this guy was an outsider and a Jew, so he didn't have the religious problem and he didn't have the local problem, you know? And he sort of, the storyline came up and he goes, no, we're going after him. And he went into the spotlight people who were working on something else. He goes, no, you're dropping that. You're doing this. And he said, this is not about going after a priest. This is about going after the church. It's about going after the law. It's about going after the lawmakers. It's about going after the fact that a a blind eye has been turned to this for all these years and blah, blah, blah. And um, they went for it. And, you know, their own own problems with doing it themselves because they were investigating their own community. They 
you know, one character, you know, she was a lapsed Catholic, but she used to go to church with her grandma occasionally, and her grandma was a very strict Catholic, and it was her about her problem morally knowing what she was going to do to her grandma when she found out what had been going on, and, you know. Um, the first thing is, last year or the year before, Michael Keaton got, I don't know if he got the best doctor Oscar, but everyone was going on about that. And I've con- I had it in my head what the film was from last year. It was the, the one when he was the actor that went a bit... Birdman, was it? Now, I watched that. Again, that was the film I picked from last year or the year before to watch that everyone made a fuss about. And I truly didn't enjoy the film. And I made my points at the time. And I really didn't enjoy Michael Keaton in this film. In that film, rather. This film, I thought... Every one of the lead characters was tremendous. I'm really glad that none of them won an award. And the reason I'm glad none of the actors won an award is because I wouldn't want a single one of them to be singled out. Singled out. They couldn't have all won an award. And the thing is, none of them played... There wasn't a lead role in this film for a lead actor. There was a group of people, maybe four or five of them, and they were all equal billing in this story, if you like. And all of them were really, none of them were stealing it. They were all tremendous. And I just thought this, it's like an ensemble piece, if you like. And everyone played their part and played it really I have really heard that, well. that it's, it's, it is an ensemble and I was really, really pleased, and everyone should walk. I mean, I'd never seen Mark Ruffalo do anything vaguely serious, and, and the weird thing is, Mark Ruffalo now, to me, looks quite old. And I don't know how they did it in this film, but he looks like he would have done in the early 90s. <laughs> and you start look at him and you think, but you haven't done much, but whatever they've done is really, really clever. And he, he everyone plays it understated which is really 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 clever from the clips i've seen um mark ruffalo it looks like his hair's been done i think so i was thinking has he got a hairpiece but then i was thinking no probably hasn't they've probably straightened it a little bit which obviously makes it feel more more of it anyway enough about mark ruffalo's hair now mark ruffalo was excellent michael keaton was excellent now rachel mcadams now i came um, I only discovered her recently when I watched that. Um, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, and it was a it was like a British rom com, wasn't it? Called Time something or About Time. I oh, she's it. been in lots of stuff. Yeah, now, I'd never lots seen of good I'd, stuff. Actually, I'd seen her. I'd seen her face. She's a pretty girl, so you sort of remember what she looks like. But I'd never seen her do anything that wasn't just very sort of gentle and sweet, and you know, the, the American Girl Next Door. Now, in a funny way, she played this very gentle and very sweet and a very American girl next door, but, but a professional journalist at the same time. And that, I think, is the thing I liked about this. There was no overact. Even when they found out things that were really, oh, my God, this was happening in our time on our watch, and it, was, it wasn't a melodrama, or rather, it was a melodrama without being melodramatic. It was just about the story, and it was just really beautifully understated. And that's why I'm amazed it won an Oscar. Because normally you've got to have the, you know, the you can't handle the truth and someone standing up there and sort of hamming it up beyond belief for anyone to notice. And this film did absolutely none of that. 
This was more like a 1970s Dirty Harry type thing where everything <laughs> is slightly yeah. underplayed. But you didn't have the guns and you didn't have the Make My Day and you didn't have the main character and you didn't have the... the I'm really, really pleased this won it because it won it on very good writing, very good acting, a very good story and an important story. And it's almost like someone had the balls, it took 20 years or whatever, but someone had the balls to make this film. And, you know, it's as important now. And at the end of the film, and I think this is the bit, the most poignant bit, to make a point, and it wasn't really to have a go at the Catholic Church. It was to sort of say to Boston, don't feel bad about yourselves. Because there was pages on pages of saying, this investigation has been carried out and found to have happened in, and there were just lists of places, not only in, in, in America, but in the world. But is it is it more a message to all organisations like this? It's a say, message to say, this kind of you thing, cannot cover it up. This we is not okay. It. Yeah, but it's not, obviously... You're completely right, and that is a message. This isn't okay, it's not going to be tolerated. But what it's saying is, no matter how big and powerful you think you are, whether you're the church or the government, whoever you are, you will not get away with this. It will not forever be hidden. So no matter how how high up you seem to be in your, politi- in, in your particular organisation, no matter how popular you appear to be, you, you are not. Are you are important. not above the um, the pencil, the, and, the pencil and paper, or the typewriter, or the word processor exactly. of the modern journalist. Mm. Let's say. And this is the beauty of this. And this is the funny thing. This is the thing that said something to me as well. We, I badmouth journalism all the time, right? Because I don't think it's journalism. I badmouth this copy and paste nonsense. You, you badmouth a particular a particular echelon of. So called yeah. journalism, don't you? Exactly. I badmouth uh, internet journalism. I bad I badmouth all that rubbish, right? Copy because, and paste journalism as you as you call yeah, it. Because there are still people out there doing this work, right? And you know, they're not massively paid and they are never gonna be doing it for any sort of fame. Modern journalism, which annoys me is more about people getting a Twitter account, trying to break a story to see how popular they can become. They want to become the celebrity of the people that they're trying to knock down. To break a sensationalist. Story. Yeah, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it for journalistic points anymore. They're doing it because they want a Twitter thing and they want to become as big as the story. Social points. Yeah. Mm. Now this was about four, five, six people in a room that their job was just to to find something really important. And do it. You know, it's almost like policing without the power of the police. Yeah, and they didn't want to bring anyone down. They're not taking anyone to court at the end of it. They're putting their necks on the line and they're saying, there's the evidence. They're simply reporting the the facts. Yeah. The facts. Anyway, it was a very important film. It was a good film. And I'm amazed it won an Oscar because it, it was of all the things that they don't normally get. They don't normally pick, you know, and... um. You know, it was brilliantly, brilliantly acted and it was a great film and and an important film. And more films like this should be made because of, I don't know, maybe some of these people out there pratting around pretending to be journalists might look at this and go, actually, isn't, maybe that's what we're meant to be doing. You know, anyway. 
look, I, I get funny because I know over the years, because of what I do, I've worked with plenty of proper journalists. You well, know, it's it's the, an important distinction to make. I think the yeah, the journalists think, the journalists who put themselves in harm's way and who actually um, get in people's faces. Yes, they 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 get in people's faces and they 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 gather they gather the news. I know it's it's a simple uh, it's a simple thing to um, to say, but in order to get a thing you know in order to get the important stuff sometimes you have to put your your own life on the line because you are dealing with dangerous people and the other, uh, the other day they were talking about it because it came up i don't know if you remember the, uh, the 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 lady i don't know why it's important to me and it shouldn't be but the lady irish journalist that was killed by the ira because she wouldn't stop he said, no, you lot are killing children, and she wouldn't stop, and they killed her. And, you know, and it, it was important, it was so important to her, she knew that that was going to be the likely outcome. Anyway, this is what this film is about. And it, uh, to me, it's just a really important film, and it's a really important thing to people know. You know, because everything is a throwaway society. Everything we do is rubbish. I mean, the there's a difference between turning up at somewhere and reporting what's going on and walking home. There's plenty of people in this world now that think that there's politicians on this side of the Atlantic, on the other side of the Atlantic, and for God's sake, they are lunatics. They are absolutely off their head, right? And because of the state of the media at the moment, People don't care about truth. They don't care about hate. They don't care about fascism. They don't care about anything. They just care about having someone else to blame or somebody talking an absolute load of nonsense. And it doesn't make any difference because they're vacuous, ignorant people that have been filled with a diet of this copy and paste, complete crap journalism for years and years and years. The Fox News, I don't care if they sue me, you know. They've been <laughs> fed that sort of bile nonsense for years, right? And they haven't got... They've lost the ability to want... They have got the ability to think for themselves. They've become lazy and they've become... It doesn't matter what the truth is. It's easier to read this crap than listen to what the truth is or even think about it, right? It's these people, it's this type of person that's going to... They will bring down governments. They will... But not because they've got any power. They are just going to put the facts out there to the point where people can no longer just ignore what's going on. And they are so incredibly important. And I should shut up before I just lose my temper I completely. Think if, I think if you look at the story of um, of Mr. Best in Ripper Street, Ooh. he he starts off as someone who's kind of, oh, you, you know, banging... Almost on the, tap. Banging on, the, on, on, the, on, the, uh, on Lehman Street's door throughout series one and two something horrible happens in series three and of course you 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 realize you realize that yes he has actually been demanding that the police do the right thing all the way through the all series of ripper street and he gave them the evidence uh, and he and he he, he wants them to pursue the um you know the the fate of the 50 odd um uh, in at the beginning of series three Exactly. No, I think it's really important. I know that's why this film's important. I'm really glad I did see it, and I might watch some of the others, but that was. I'm glad it's the one I picked. Right, from the sublime to not completely ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as ridiculous as I thought it would be, right? I borrowed this film. Creed, right? In the latest mm. of, uh, you could say it's Rocky 745, right? 
Now, back in the day, I quite liked the Rocky films. I'm, I'm not really into boxing, but I quite liked the idea of the film. Now, Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 were surprisingly good films. And when you go to watch them now, you look at them and you think, actually, by modern standards, that's, that's actually quite a good story, quite a good film. Actually, remarkably well acted when you look at it. Because it seemed a bit hammy in the time, and then you think about actually what he was portraying or what they were portraying is really quite true. You know, not a problem at all. And then it got a bit silly, and then it went three, four, five, six, maybe even seven. Or this could be, if you like, Rocky Seven. I don't know what it is. I think this is the seventh, yeah. But I actually, the story's changed. He's now an old old man, hasn't got much money. He's got no one left. And um, the illegitimate son of his, at the time, rival then became friend, who was Apollo Creed, turns up and says, I want to be a boxer. And Rocky has nothing to do with boxing, but then he gets, because of who his father was, he says, well, I'll help you out a little bit. I'll just tell you what I know. I'm not a trainer. I don't know how to train you really. I'll just Mm. tell you some of the things that I was taught over the years. And it's sort of about that, but it, it was so much more. I was really yeah. impressed. It was a real story. It yeah, wasn't about I, someone becoming the best, strongest, and winning the world championship. It was none of that rubbish. Well, no, nor was the first film. I mean, I've heard a lot of comparisons with the first one. It was. It Rocky. was about, yeah. It was, it was about, almost a retelling of that, but carrying it on, passing yeah. the baton and all that. And yeah. I'm not going to tell you how it ended or the final results, but it was about if you like, a relationship. It was about people finding themselves. It was about people... In the first film, in the first Rocky film, it was Rocky was basically a... He was... His job was going around getting money out of people that owed the loan shark money. He didn't particularly like beating them up, but it was his job. And because he was a bit tough, he went and got the money for the loan shark. And then he sort of his boxing career took off a little bit and it was about that it was you know it was poor Philadelphia and this guy had come from rich in fact this guy had come from being in a children's home to rich LA well I think it was LA something like that and he realised to become what he needed to be or felt that he wanted to be he needed to go to poor Philadelphia and learn how to be what he needed to be rather than the son of a rich boxer. Anyway, surprisingly good. There was some some very good relationship stuff going on in here, and there was um actually some good acting, which which really really surprised me because like it's funny with hindsight you look at some a lot of the stuff that Stallone did. Now, quite recently, and I've no idea why I watched Rambo. Is that the first one? I think Rambo was the first one and was that first blood and then, then it was a few of them, right? And it was the one where he only said 30 words in the entire film and everyone was shooting each other or whatever. But when you watch it, historically in the, in the context, actually it was a, quite a good movie. Fair enough, there was an awful lot of shooting, a lot of killing. But that wasn't actually what the film was about. The film was about a Vietnam War vet had been basically programmed to do anything just to kill. He came back and he just wanted to live a normal life and society wouldn't let him 
because he was a Vietnam War vet that had only ever been basically taught to kill. And it's funny, it's gone full circuit on this, but I, I, over the years, I know Stallone has done some quite big sellouts and things, but you know what? I reckon, historically, his Rambo films, his early Rocky films, and I would say this Creed one maybe as well, is, is going to be a fairly good epitaph. I mean, I don't want the guy to go. But I think that's not a bad start. And some of the things he's done, some of these comedy roles he's done have been very good. These uh, expendable were, uh, things have been very good. Yeah. Mm. A couple of people were um, were actually quite surprised that he didn't win... He didn't win an acting nomination for this. And you know what? Well, he didn't win an acting award. Sorry, he. I think he he got the nomination, but he didn't win the award. So. Yeah, it was because it was. Leo DiCaprio got that. That was his brother, wasn't it? Yeah. I read about that. Stallone's brother went on Twitter and got a little bit upset with people because of Stallone. I don't even know if he was nominated. He was nominated. Yeah, he was. Well, no, I don't know what DiCaprio did, right? And, um, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it. And I know people said, I mean, Stallone was good in this, right? But there was four actors in Spotlight that were good in it. But even, funny enough, Stallone in this, he was a sporting actor. He wasn't the main actor. No. And he played it. He played it well. He played it like an old version of the Rocky in the Rocky One. So, you know, it's it's awkward. And I think people could get upset because you could say, how many more times is Sylvester gonna, Stallone going to get a chance? Because if you'd have given him an award for this, you were going to give him an award for basically all the Rocky things he did. Yes. All the, yes. All the uh, whatever yeah. the ones were, which I did mention, Rambo things. And you know what? In their day, they were, they were after things like um, the Deer Hunter, they were the first Vietnam War actually look what happened to the people that come back from the Vietnam War. Maybe you need to look at these people a bit more closely and realise that, you know, post-traumatic stress and all the rest of it. Anyway, so I'm waffling. Very quickly, uh, sort of accidentally, I started <laughs> watching Supergirl. Accidentally. No, yeah, you know what? I never, I never really liked Superman. The films were all right. I watched... Um, the Dean Kane Superman, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the New Adventures of Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, this yeah. is a direct, must be something to do with that because I didn't realize, but I'm pretty sure <sighs> Dean Kane and I think the girl that plays Supergirl in the films. Yeah. They, they are there as her. Supergirl's mum and dad. Yeah. Well, yeah. The human <laughs> characters. Yeah. Exactly. Not, not, yeah. Not, so yeah, obviously, not directly, it's a wink yeah. too. But you think, oh, okay, so they're yeah. trying to at least link them in some yeah, I mean, wonderful it's, way. It's, it's so two playing diff- completely different yeah, characters. Exactly. They're just playing humans but, rather than... But yeah. they are, in it? Now, yeah. what I wanted to say about it, and the reason I mentioned this is I was really ready to go, oh, dear, like, I tried. <laughs> right? And I was really completely... I, like, I thought, I watched one. And you failed. And I thought, well, maybe I'll watch two because of... One is not enough to say is rubbish. Well, Alex, two, Alex, know. one is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Well, I've watched all the ones I can because of, I have been really surprised at 
how enjoyable this is. And again, I'll tell you why it's enjoyable. It's the same reason why I started to like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Is that the one? Because it's more human than super, right? She's super girl and she can do super things, but it's really not much. There is stuff of it. It's more about her relationship with the people she works with. Yeah. It's with her boss her, as well. That, yeah, that's a good one. about a relationship the boss, with Ali McBeal. Yeah, in the office yeah. and her adopted, adopted, I don't know if you'd word it, adopted sister and adopted parents. Yeah. And there's a really, really nice comedy value to this. I didn't realise quite how, and it's not, they don't do jokes. It's just really, it is a bit like Ali Mubu. I tell you what, Calista Flockhart, it's the best thing I've seen her do since Ali Mubu. Yeah. Just, she um, hasn't done anything since Ali Mubu. <laughs> but she plays that character, yeah. the, the boss, stunningly well. Yeah. At first, I wasn't expecting to like the character, but now her character is probably my favourite over yeah, that's Supergirl. That's the whole point. It sets you up to <laughs> yeah. think you're going to really hate her. Yeah. And you think... It's like, yep, yeah, that's a swerve. Yeah. Oh, she's brilliant. She's stunningly good in this, and she should win tons of all. And the thing is, like, the girl that plays Supergirl, you know, she's a pretty girl, but they haven't gone for the most stunning, voluptuous Girl, they've actually got obvious. Yeah, they've actually got someone that's a fine actress. You know, don't get me wrong; she's a very attractive young lady. But it's about her being able to act, and it's about not being put off with. You know, she's not wearing the most sexy outfit in the world. It's not about that. It it's about everything else, and it's a bit like Supergirl, right? Or it's a bit like Superman meets Torchwood. Because right, of, okay. you've got that side. Yeah. yeah, it's about the people that she works with, but not only works with in the newspaper. It works within <laughs> the best way to describe it is torture. This yeah, this it's American. That's their torture. job to go and yeah. capture aliens. Superwood. It's just, I don't know, it's really. Yeah. It's got so many bits and pieces that are really worth watching. And the least important one is the fact that she's Supergirl. And I'm just really, I was like, oh no, not something else I really like. <laughs> I'm running out of, I'm running out of things to hate because of, I'm, I'm really impressed by Supergirl. But the only trouble is, if I like something, it won't last. Anything I like, don't, don't say that. It's fight it. They're they're looking at whether they're going to renew it now. But apparently, the ratings in America have been going up since the sort of second half of this season yeah, started right. over there so that's probably hopefully a good thing uh, I think like, let's not have so many different things let's just make sure the ones we got are good and this is really really good yeah. now, and a quick one and just because I tweeted about it the other day um, I went through the BBC4 collections again which I keep banging on about but I just have to keep reminding people that it's there and this one was the Murder by Gaslight collection which is all basically their crime stuff. And it's not an awful lot of it. Is all Ripper stuff? Well, it's not all Ripper stuff. It, it's just, uh, just a lot of it is Ripper. Um, but, um, well, there's a couple of Ripper bits. There's the Omnibus, which is the Pat- uh, Patricia Corwell stalking the Ripper. Don't watch that. Within about 20 minutes, I was just like, in, I'm never going to read anything Patricia Corwell ever writes again. It's so Americanized, absolute trash yeah because i write novels i'm sure i can work out who the ripper was oh dearie me 
Oh, <laughs> but the one I really liked is called Time Watch Shadow of the Ripper. And the reason I like it, it's not really about who the Ripper was. And it, it doesn't really matter in this respect who the Ripper was. It's about the why the Ripper became so important. I'm not, not obviously the murders were, but why it became, why it was, why 100 years, 120 years, whatever, we are still talking about it. Why at the time, because obviously there was other murders going on, it was a gruesome place. Why did it become... Whitechapel certainly was. Yeah, but well, yeah, yeah. why did it, even back then, why did it become so big? Why did it become so in the newspapers? Why? I mean, it was a, it was you know the celebrity thing at that time. Well, he know? or she was given, as as you say, was given a certain type of celebrity, wasn't? It? Exactly. Wasn't, weren't weren't they? Let's say. Yeah, but it was. It's more about that. It's not you know. It's not about who it was and why it was as much as and why are we still a hundred years later? Why are we still absolutely fascinated? Because as a society. Alex, we have a fascination for the macabre. Quiet. We have been, a fascination been more vulgar for murders. the mystery and the macabre and the vulgar. Yeah. But That's what we is, have. Yeah. yeah, but this is why this in particular crime, and it just really, it's really interesting. But the thing is what the beauty, I mean, BBC does this thing really good. So if you're talking about a, a collection and they're only putting half a dozen things on, and they obviously can't put everything on, but... The ones they got are really quiet. You know, someone's gone, right, let's have a good example of that. A good example. Right, okay, so you've got Burke and Hare as another one, right? You've got The People's Detective, which was a good show, actually, and it was about a woman um, goes on trial uh, of the, the entor- uh, of her notorious ancestor, and she was hung for murder, and she was supposed to be the last person that was hung because they thought she was a witch. Um, oh, and it's a yes, horizon back in the day. So it was CSI from 1968, how they investigate murder, the science of that. But in 1968, uh, they got a Maybrick case, which is, goes back. Maybrick is this name. It's just a surname that just keeps turning up in, in crime history. It's weird why that surname, because you wouldn't have thought so. But, you know, so anyway, uh, that's just the murder collections. And I was just going through. Just a few of them, and Arena's got 60 of them there. If you're into sort of old music and old art programs, Arena is the thing. So they've got 16 Arenas. they got, I mean, I've been through this before, they've got the Snooker one, which was great. They've got Arena, which is the arts, music and things. You've got Murder by Gaslight. You've got Back to Basic, which is a tech thing, computers. That's got six in it. So most of these have got lots of things in it. You've got BBC Four Goes Pop, which is pop, pop art season, which is cool. You got um, planetary flybys, which is really, really cool. I started watching the Bohemian planetary Eye. flybys. Yeah, that's so something time. to have on a really big screen, though, yeah. for the best effect. Because I've watched one of them on a massive screen. Yeah, so got, it's brilliant. You got Legends of British Comedy Film. I've watched quite a few of those. You got classic game shows, Gothic literature, the space race, the art of fashion, yeah. abstract art. John Betjeman, 50 Years of Horizon, The Great Roar Interviews, Post-War Architecture, The Blues, Archaeology, Modern Classics, Steam Railways, Dade in Bratenborough, London Talk, All-American British Armed Forces, a very British institution. And the one I left to last, and now I left it, Bohemian Icons is my favourite at the moment. Ten different programmes, lots of them. But you've got, 
you've got the Stephen Fryer thing, Oscar. I don't know if you remember, he did like a documentary on Oscar Wilde because he played him in the film. Uh, Maggie Hambling was someone I knew who was, um, uh, it was life. She was an artist, but, you know, she also did music. Um, Lucian Freud, I think you've all heard of. Uh, Audrey Bridley, drawing artist. So these are artists. You've got Francis, Francis Break, uh, Bacon, Arthur Ransom. You've got Rossetti, Seven Ages of Man, which was a really good series back in the day, I remember it. Augustus and Gwen, and you've got the Omnibus New York thing. It just, you know, this is real bohemian stuff. It's brilliant. And I just think, I mean, I let me, I won't, I, I couldn't tell you now. I'm just guessing. Maybe there's 70, 80, 100, or more. I keep going. 250 maybe programs in this um, BBC4 collections at the moment. And I just think, you know what? If you don't pay your license free, you're just an idiot. Uh, yeah. I'm going to leave it at that because yeah. this is about a four and a half hour show. But. I am, <laughs> at this point, I am so happy with this show. Let me just say that. Uh, <laughs> but, but there we go. Um, right. Well, I must. Um, I must admit, I've just been. I've just been organising. While you've been talking, Alex, I've just been organising my pick, my picks for this week, and I've ended up getting lost in my browser tabs. There we go. Right. <clears throat> so the things that I've been watching this week, I um, I'm gonna splurge this out into last week as well because we intended to record an episode well i intended to record an episode last week um last night but i suddenly remembered that tone wasn't available (laughs) last night i'm drinking again we're at work yeah at work sadly not drinking drinking large amounts of coffee because he couldn't stay awake maybe so but um, so let's let's run it back to yeah last week I watched the final episode and I I actually I I had to DM Alex about this I watched the final episode of series three of Ripper Street <clears throat> and the way it was ended it it concluded rather neatly and I was ready to say that was good. Ripper Street, complete. Done. Dusted. How do you feel about that, Alex? I can see, I could see, and I can see why you felt that that was a perfect time to say, you know what, if if you could say... The peace of Edmund Reed. Yeah, you could say, you know what, he deserves it. Everyone, It's almost like everyone has been through hell to make this show. Yeah, pretty and much. It's like, and it's like saying, <laughs> that's fair enough. Right, you can call that a complete works of Shakespeare, and call it a day. Pretty much, but, but then think again. But then, but then Amazon thought, "Oh, we can do some more of this, can't we?" And basically, I watched the opening forty seconds <laughs> of season four, episode one, and uh, I, I will admit, you, you realise when that little box came up, all you had to do is. Press yes to continue. No, all on. I had to do was listen to the rest of um, the rest of uh, a, a part, a piece of the Ripper Street album that I have been enjoying quite a lot, which is uh, which is the Toff, which goes something like this. So 
So yeah, and I've been using that. I've, I've been using the Ripper Street soundtrack to 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 work along with because I'm obsessed with Ripper Street. I know I know where Alex comes from, but I suddenly um, I, I had it up quite loud, and I had a I, I I will admit I had a tear in my eye at the end of um, Series Three. Because, oh, it gets worse. Because you? there is, there's such a, there's such a release. Yeah, but I haven't got that far yet, Alex. Uh, there such, is. If a, it's there's such a release that you can have a character that you feel so. Oh, thank God, that's over. Yeah, there's such a release at the end of series three, and 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 really, I hope they don't. <laughs> I hope they don't balls it up at the end of series five. Well, if no, they do, I, I, if they do balls it up at the end of series five, they better bloody well have a series six <laughs> standing by. What, <laughs> the point is, I don't know how involved you were in series two when he, he walks into the bedroom and his daughter's in there. No, that was series three. Was it series three? Oh, I, I was just sitting there going, "Please don't anyone walk in the room." Yeah. I was sitting there biting my inner lip. I was crying, yeah. holding my hands, going, "I'm a man. I yeah. must not show." Yeah. No, I had, I, I had a. That's uh, probably. Of I all, was having a moment. Of all the TV shows I've ever seen, film or anything, anything that isn't real life, right? That was a moment. I just went. But it's a moment. It's a moment you've been waiting for for three series because you. But it was. I've always known so beautiful. Yeah, it was play. It was expertly done. But I've been waiting for that moment. Finest actress. Her her reaction to everything. She she's such a good actress. I know, and I think she has such a such a future ahead of her. I think she does. I saw her. Funny enough. I've seen her in a couple of things. I would assume she's Irish, actually. I don't think so, no. I've seen her in a couple of things since, which she did before, right? I saw her in an episode of Jonathan Creek, and I went, that's Matilda. But that's Matilda when she was younger than Matilda. Because she was a child actress and just played child parts, they were always bits of a show. Even if she was a big character in a bit of a show, it was just a show. An episode of Jonathan Craig. So she was just a good actress that played a bit part, but obviously this is by far her biggest part. But now I look back on things and I recognise her from other things. I go, wow, watch her. I didn't realise quite how good she was in that thing that I didn't know who she was in. Yeah. Well, that's the and thing. She I'm... steals the scenes and everything she does in these other things. She's absolutely amazing. But you wait till series four. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm so I I watched series. I watched the first forty or fifty seconds, and for for a start, well, let's let's look at the let's look at the obvious bits. It appears to be in anamorphic widescreen. Yes, and I am a sucker for anamorphic widescreen. I love. I, I don't know. One day, I'd like to do a complete spoiler special. I don't care how long it goes on. I think we should, as soon as I'm finished with season four, because I want to get on to season four so that we can expect, so that you and I, Alex, (laughs) can experience season five as a, as a, as a shared thing. The only people I get to talk to about Ripper Street are the people that are in it. But um, that is 
sadly, that is going to be the future. Yeah. Because of when it was, a, everything was a, a TV episode and we all watched it because it was on that time and whatever. We all, the, the next TV. day, we all had that conversation. Yeah. But now, Tone, Tone will watch Ripper Street. He but what's will. the hurry? He will. You know, he will watch Ripper Street so or he will, will find himself. Yes. Yeah. Several episodes, one after the other, not so, on this show. <laughs> anyway, this is this is actually by far I think this is our world record show. You know you might want to put out two versions. You want to do it the first bit and then you want to do the recommendations as a second episode. Possibly. Possibly. It's a, a, a number of people will complain. They will. Million, millions will complain. But anyway, but anyway. Um other than the bits that you've got wrong, it doesn't even need editing. <laughs> Yes, the bit where I left for a short time. That, after quite a protracted <laughs> episode, is... I feel like we're doing something for comic relief. We are. The I, tell you, I tell you what, if either of you guys are game, um, in the summer, we ought to do a kind of a, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know, what's my... Teacher-like podcast for... <laughs> A feature length episode of the airways because I, tell you what, I think that would have to be one where we gather though. We would have to gather, we'd have to get one. everyone <laughs> or episode one, too. You're gonna have to split this. And I have decided to finish the recording session oh, dear because mate. it's 20 to 11. <laughs> I've we started been, at four this afternoon. I've been gradually falling asleep throughout this recording session, but I've, so been, have I. I've enjoyed also it. Also remember, we didn't do half the things in the document. I've enjoyed it immensely, and now it's time to go. So, outro, selected by Russ. And you can find me... No, I'm supposed to ask you guys where I can find you first. <coughs> Tone, Mr. Tone, because we need to give Alex a moment to find his Twitter handle. Tone, where can we find you, sir? On the Twitters, Tone7x20. You'll know it by the big Ghostbuster logo. <laughs> Excellent. On the background. Stuff. Excellent stuff. Alex, where can we find you, sir? Um, hold on a minute. Oh, for God's Very sake. Very British life. And with any luck. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at SFDrummer. That is all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwaysshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast or if you can be bothered to use the search in iTunes, I should warn you off it, uh, do a search for The Airwaves and up we will pop or if it's still around, go on to the Google Plus Communities tab do a search for the airwaves and up we will pop. We will return. I hesitate to say this. <laughs> we will return next week with another episode of the airwaves. Take care. Okay, good night. Sorry, I thought I was nearly asleep there. Good night, everyone. Bye bye. Uh, cheers. That's <laughs> If this went on any longer, the, the episodes would run into each other. I'm going to edit this out. <laughs> you never do, though, do you? Yes, I do. I'm going to edit this out because it's shameful. Edit, edit out the Wikipedia-ing of it. Played, <laughs> right. Terribly poor taste. Um, that was pretty bad. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out as well. <laughs> yes. um, I forget where we are, though. You completely throw me.